Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Hi folks, I'm Tim. I'm Dustin. This is Zompocalypse Now. Here no on one else is here. It's just us. But, that's alright. That's alright. We're not lonely. We'll be okay. It's gonna be fine. We'll be alright. Get off me, Tim. <laughs> Stop crying on my shoulder. Uh, well, you know, last week's Teen Wolf, because we are in the final season of Teen Wolf. Was Filler McFillerson. And to some degree, so was this episode. I don't know. Here's something that I will tell you. I would much rather have watched an entire 45-minute episode of Jackson and uh, his... And Charlie Carver's werewolf, who I can't remember what his name is, in London, be in London werewolves, oh, than yeah. what we watched last week. Oh, that's true. Honestly, um, the name of this episode is, oddly enough, Werewolves of London. Uh-huh. Yeah. Shockingly. They're in a whole two and a half scenes. Yeah, I know. And oh, the on. first scene, they're great. Yeah. And the second scene... They're dumb as rocks. <laughs> they're just so bloody stupid. But, I mean, if you don't know, they're, uh, I've got to think of it like this. They're coming into a situation they know nothing about. Right, because there are no telephones or text messages no. or email and in the universe And these are not millennials. Not, not even millennials. These are whatever comes after millennials. See, that's why, to me, it felt a lot like filler, is because so much of this episode could have been taken care of over the phone. Well, and here's the thing, like, earlier in earlier seasons, mm -hmm. they did that, like, where characters would text each other. Uh-huh, yeah. And then they started doing that thing that I always hate on shows that use phones that acknowledge the existence of cell phones. Mm -hmm. Like, a person would be like, I'm gonna, I have to go figure this out, and like, walk out of the room and leave their cell phone on the table, and then it would buzz, not right, ring. Right, of course, yeah. Because, no, like, why wouldn't you keep your cell phone... On Ringer, uh huh, right, uh, and then they just kind of like stopped doing that. Nobody yeah. texts any, each other anymore. <laughs> I mean, it is a uh, where where is this town located? It's in California. Okay, Beacon Hills, so, California. I have flown California from Kansas City to London. Mm. It is an eight-hour flight from Kansas City to London, which means. That it is about a 12-hour flight from LAX to Heathrow or Gatwick. Not not counting layovers. Uh, yeah, I mean, so... Not counting having to call up your travel agent and be like, I need, I need tickets. But need apparently these folks... California stats. ...are stupid wealthy because they have an apartment where they can see the Houses of Parliament in mm -hmm. Big Ben. And let me tell you, folks... London is, like, the most expensive city on the planet well, to live in. Nobody lives in London. They all <laughs> live in the suburbs. It is too expensive to live in uh, London. Well, canonically, Jackson, the Whitmore family is really rich. Richer than God, apparently. Rich, very rich. Because, well, and then when, when Jackson became... Jackson, and it was in the first season, he was Lydia Martin's, boy, Lydia Martin's boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And they were the jock dude and the pretty preppy girl that mm -hmm. always like found the dead bodies for the first season. <laughs> 
And it was like the running joke of the first season that Lydia always stumbled across the dead bodies. And mm-hmm. Jeff Davis has actually said, we thought it was really funny that she kept finding them, but then one day somebody was like, wouldn't it be cool if there was a reason she kept finding them? And this sure. was actually very early in the series, mm-hmm. uh, in like in first season, because at the end of the first season she is attacked by a werewolf. Okay. And she is, and the big, the point, like, the, they say, if you are attacked by a werewolf, if you're scratched or bitten by a werewolf, two things will happen. One, you will die. Mm-hmm. And two, you will become a werewolf. Sure. And so, and so at the very end, the very last episode of season one, Lydia is attacked by Peter Hale, mm-hmm. and they take her off to the hospital, and the whole episode's like, oh, is Lydia gonna die? Is Lydia gonna die? At the end of the episode, they're like... They're standing, Styles and Scott are standing in Lydia's hotel, in her hotel room, <laughs> in, her, in, her, uh, in her hospital room, and they're like, she was bitten, she was bitten by Peter, and she didn't die, she has, and she hasn't healed completely, mm-hmm. so she's not a werewolf, so what is she? And so the second season of the show kind of delves into... What is Lydia? And for a little while, uh, she was like, like her story was almost completely separate from everyone else's story. Mm-hmm. So it was like she was living in episode, like living in the Pretty Little Liars universe, <laughs> where like she was trying to like parcel out this mystery. Mm-hmm. Everyone else was like fighting some supernatural creature. I can't even remember what it is right now. But anyway, Jackson was her boyfriend. Oh, it was the Canima. It was the Canima. And it turned out, sorry. He hits me. I hit him. He hits me when you people aren't here. <laughs> I hit you when you people are here. Um, <laughs> that's, that's also true. They were trying to figure out what the Canima was, which was this lizard monster. Right, yeah. Turns out the lizard monster was Jackson because, like I said many times on this podcast, if you're bitten by a werewolf, you're not necessarily going to become a werewolf. Right. Sometimes you become a were-other thing, and the Canima was some lizard monster. Sure. And he was beaten... He was... He was bitten by Derek Hale, uh, who was the cousin of Peter Hale, who bit Lydia and uh, Scotty and many other people on the show. And so Jackson, at the end of season two, becomes a full werewolf as well. And Jackson then shuffles off to London. He gets mm. gets on a bus, right. as, the, as the kids say. Changes his name, moves to uh, the DC Universe. Right. And, for a little uh, while. joins the Aerocast. For a little while, until um, he had a minor nervous breakdown. Right. Uh, which, that is that is not a judgment, that is just a statement of fact. Uh, ben, I, uh, I had one, I went to therapy for four years. I, I, mental know. health is important, guys. Yes, I I had, depending on how you, how you I never like went to the hospital for it, but I had, a, I had one in college. Um... um I, I ended up literally sitting in a corner in the dark, basically just not being able to function. Mm. Uh, I know what gibbering sounds like, because I was making it so... It's not a cool noise. Well, okay, so I was in the theater program at Webster, mm-hmm. the conservatory, and at the time, I haven't checked the stats, but at the time, Webster's conservatory program was one of the top ten of the country, mm-hmm. and was one of the most competitive. Right. They only accept... 12 to 15 students in their technical theater program in a year. Mm-hmm. And I was one of those 12. And the first year is is like any good program. They break you to wash right, you yeah. out. Oh, yeah. 
And uh, and so you had to take the twelve credit course hour to stay a full time student at Webster University. Mm-hmm. Plus, you had to take a twelve credit hour course load freshman for each semester to be in the conservatory. Right. So that's a twenty four hour course load that you have to take. Mm-hmm. And so you're basically you get up in the morning at six o'clock in the morning and you go to bed at three o'clock in, at, in the morning mm-hmm. the next day. Yeah. And it's very, very difficult. And I was struggling very hard. Mm-hmm. And I remember going in to my uh, my portfolio review, because you have to do a portfolio review every semester. Sure, of course. So I walked into my portfolio review, and then I came out of the portfolio review. And I remember somebody saying to me, how did it go in there? And I was like, I, I, don't, I don't know. And, uh, and he said, well... I'm sure you did. You you probably did okay because I could hear you in there laughing. And that's the only other distinct memory from that. The mm-hmm. next thing I remember, I was back in Texas, and it was a week later. Mm. I have no memory of getting ready to go or anything like that. And right. I I dropped out of the theater that next semester, which is probably a bad mistake, but also one of the things that you know has led me to sit on this couch with you. So it all worked out in the end. Sometimes, sometimes I wonder what Dustin, who survived the Webster Theater Program and ended up becoming a production designer, because like they would intern. Webster's production designers would go and like from like sophomore year on would mm-hmm. go and intern in the summer on Broadway. Oh yeah, like I uh, I wonder. From time to time, I haven't in a while, but it's, it wasn't too long ago that I wondered what it was like to be, you know, I made the decision to go from theater to graphic design, because mm-hmm. I was essentially double majoring in college my first two years, which is insane, by the way, because it was mm-hmm. a double major in art and theater, right. which means three o'clock in the morning, oh sure, um, four o'clock in the morning, uh-huh, five o'clock, uh-huh, uh, oh, how many days have I been without sleep? Literally three or four in a row, where you basically catnap and stay just functional enough. Right. Yeah, bad idea. But I chose the art program that took me to graphic design and a little bit of freelancing, but mostly turning around and 20 years later using the design stuff for production design, for film production design. Uh, but the if I had stuck with the theater program and stayed an actor... And maybe at that point, perhaps I would have ended up starting writing a lot earlier, maybe mm-hmm. started writing plays. But, yeah, oh yeah, it's really interesting to question and to, to, you know, to look at that junction. Um, the, for all the, I guess the short version is mental health is very, very important. <laughs> anyway. We could go down this rabbit hole for a so, while. So, yeah. But, um, uh, you know, honestly, folks, this is the little, little side note. Colton Hayes. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, yeah, he went on to be on Arrow. Mm-hmm. And he did that for a number of years. Right. And then he had, what caused him to have his minor problem was, he's always suffered from anxiety and depression mm-hmm. before. Sure. But, um, uh, and... It was kind of an open secret in Hollywood that he was gay. Right. But it was an open secret mm-hmm. because he was an action star. Right. And a very attractive kind of leading man style or heading that direction kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And he was being blackmailed. Right. And uh, and he finally decided he was tired of it and he came out 
and uh, but it, but in in doing that, it, it kind of he kind of burned some bridges. Right. Um, I think that things are now okay with his and the production of of Arrow because I think he's been back one or two times. I since think he then. has. I, you know who I wish would come back? Danny. Danny was great. Who's Danny? Danny was Ethan. Ethan Steiner is is Charlie Carver's werewolf. Ethan. Okay. Um, uh, he was uh, Jackson's best friend. Mm-hmm. Also, an out like he was. All, he was like the gay guy at the high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny was, and he dated Ethan for two years on the show, and then when he graduated, um, he broke up with him. And then he goes, "Don't worry, it's not because you're a werewolf." And Ethan was like. You know I'm a werewolf, and he's like, "Dude, this is Beacon Hills." <laughs> like, but th- and this was like years ago that this happened. Right, like two years ago. I'm, I don't know. Showtime probably only one year, because he was just a grade above Scotty in there. The, mm-hmm. But anyway, um, so Ethan and Jackson are in a relationship now, and they are beset upon by hunters in London, which they handle pretty quickly. But they break all their antiques, which they're twenty year old dudes. They don't have that many antiques. And again, if you can afford to live in an apartment that exists in London where you can see the houses of Parliament, it doesn't matter what you broke in the house. Yeah. It's go- it's all replaceable because you have all the money. Right. So uh, then they go to Beacon Hills and they strut into the high school like they own the place because when they went to high school, they did. And, you know, they run into the guidance counselor of Doom. And she's like, they're like, hey, have you seen Scott McCall? And she's like, who are you? And he's like, Jackson Whitmore. And she's like, really? And the next thing you know, they're tied to events <laughs> being electrocuted. Okay, and again, she, you remember, this is the guidance counselor of Doom. Yes. She weighs maybe 110 pounds. Yes. And these two guys are six footish, yes, hundred and eighty, two hundred pounds, muscles, and somehow from the high school, which by the way, they just walk into. Yeah. Nobody sits there and goes, Hello adult persons walking into this <laughs> high school. <laughs> Have you stopped by the office to check in? <laughs> and somehow she gets them. She gets the drop on them. How she yeah. she transports them? How well she probably said something along the lines of, "Oh, come with me. I'll take you to Scotty. I promise I'm not evil." Right. And so we don't know because we immediately cut to this scene and 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 they banter. They ban yeah. In fact, everybody banters. Honestly, following the two of them through their adventures, um might be slightly more entertaining than following the rather poor planning of somebody else's adventure. Scott McCall, who is who is can 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 canonically not make a plan. He is in the history of the show been proven more than once unable to do this without the help of Styles Stalinsky, who is MIA a nobody called Styles. See, nobody in this show knows how to use a telephone <laughs> or an email. Or I mean, it's it doesn't make any sense. All the stuff that happens this episode, they go and it's like, come, we want you to join us and 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 fight against the evil killer and who's trying to kill us all. And everyone goes no, no. which by the way um, also makes no sense whatsoever. These people are like, 
well, I, I don't do that anymore. Okay. He's got an army. He's killing us all. Well, to be fair, Deucalion didn't say that. Deucalion said, uh, I'm not going to help you kill anyone. I've turned my back on violence. That doesn't mean I'm not going to help you. Right. He then uh, opens the front door of the house without checking to see if any people with guns are around. Nobody... The house that's been already shot up once. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. We've oh, heard, we, we've heard we, this... how the episode starts where Mama McCall... Yes, is in surgery. Right. Um, other doctors, other medical professionals are, in fact, in the hospital. Yes. We saw them. It's on. There's footage. Mm-hmm. We know they exist. Uh, Scotty, of course, the target of all these people. It's just... <laughs> just sitting in the hospital um, waiting room. Nobody kills him, by the way. Nobody even goes after him. very curious. Yeah, especially when you consider that the whole, like, conceit of this part of the season is that... The Arby's monster has affected the whole town. Right. Everyone's base level fear has has gone up to 11, and they're all afraid, and they're all no longer actively ignoring all the supernaturals in the room. They are seeing them and are afraid of them. Nobody in this hospital is even looking twice at Scott. Right. Which, Which yeah. I doesn't don't, make any I, sense whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah, it's confusing, but it's also a do not stare directly right. at anything, apparently, I guess. Because uh, none of this makes the slightest bit of sense. So anyway, <laughs> Melissa survives her surgery. Also shot were Mason mm-hmm. and Lydia. Right. Uh, but they are both fine. Everybody right, we, ended up not being we don't. Oh, Deadbeat Dad also got shot... But because they could only they could only really have him for two episodes for whatever we reason. We don't see him at all. I think he's on scandal. So yeah, yeah Sky he, doesn't even stop by got, to see him. He got he got no. Well, well, Sheriff Stolinski says that they sent him to back to San Francisco. Oh, okay, I missed that Which, part because he's actually I probably didn't care because he's a character I have no, no, one no cares interest about. whatsoever. And that probably was another reason. Like they could have legitimately killed him. Oh, yeah. And nobody would have been like, oh, no, dad be dad. They would just be like, ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but see, what's going to happen is that he's going to come back in the final episode with style. <sighs> because the, the FBI... No, I don't even know. I don't. We are rapidly coming up on this, and we've got to wrap up this storyline. Yeah. And I'm not but sure... But we're actually right on on track for the way that this show kind of rolls out. Now they know who the, set, the, the Arby's monster is. They know it's that freshman guy. Who's right, been, yeah. Who's been filling people up with spiders. Um, <laughs> Phrases you hear all the time. You know that freshman, the one who fills up people with spiders? <laughs> yeah, him. So, so anyway... his name again? Spider filler up boy? No, yeah. that's not what Scotty it is. Scotty and Malia go to Deucalion, who... For, for, you who don't know, and right. for the listeners who may or may not know, was the villain of a season where he he led an, a pack made up of alphas, right? Alpha werewolves, and you became part of this pack by killing your entire your entire pack. Sure. So he was the leader of that pack, and Ethan. The gay werewolf who's now with Jackson and his brother Aiden were in that pack. Mm-hmm. So Ethan is technically an alpha werewolf. Technically, okay, sure. But also sort of part of Scotty's pack because when he when he left the alpha pack and his brother was killed, 
he kind of gave up his alphaness and sort of joined Scotty's pack for a little bit and whatever. So anyway, um, uh, they go to Deucalion to try and, and, and get him to fight with them, and he says, essentially, I've turned my ways back on the ways of violence, which he was a very interesting villain because he was a very pacifist werewolf before. Right. And then Gerard came in and killed his entire, like, killed a bunch of people and blinded him. His eyes apparently came back. Well, Scotty helped him. Okay, sure. Uh, and so, I'm getting there. Okay. And so, uh, he was blind, a blind werewolf, but when he was in his his uh, shifted state, he could see. Mm-hmm. And so that is when he realized that he could see the power of the werewolves, and so he started killing them to gain their power, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, So, okay. at the end of his season, Scotty used... That's the, that's also the season that Scotty developed his, his werewolf Jesus powers. Sure. As being a one... As uh, being a true alpha. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he used his true alpha powers to heal Deucalion's eyes. And then... So Deucalion kind of owes it. Kind of owes him. Okay. Well, he's already he's already called in this favor once because oh, okay. the season before the the Wild Hunt was the Dread Doctors, these weird like um, like steampunk doctors who had been keeping themselves alive with magic and technology. Sure. And they had the Nazi werewolf in a tube full of goo. Right. Yeah. And they would drink the goo, and that would help them live. Well, at one point, they took... Let's just say that again. One more time. <laughs> they, they would drink... drink they drank the, the goo. The goo that was full of Nazi werewolf. Right. I just want that to be clear that that's what was going on. Yes. Um, so, anyway... Oh, and Theo was also in that season. Because mm-hmm. uh, he was the villain of that season. The teenage villain of that season. So, anyway... Deucalion faked being blind mm-hmm. and allowed himself to be captured by the drag doctors and hooked up to have his werewolf goo siphoned off <laughs> um, and added to the Nazi werewolf's goo. This is a show with werewolf goo. That's just not right. Uh, <laughs> yes. So, anyway, that oh, happened my. two seasons ago. Yes. And... So Deucalion is back now, and he he's turned his back on the ways of violence, but he will help in any way he can. So he lives in town, though. Yeah, sure, why not? So he... <laughs> <laughs> Who knows where Deucalion is? again, again, this could, the entire There's conversation Facebook could have friends. happened he on lives, the phone. He lives in Fresno. He could have called them up. <laughs> Scotty's like, hey, Gerard's trying to kill us all. Well, I've renounced my violence. Well, okay, can you help out anyway? Yeah, sure. Sure, okay. we'll see what I I'll see you later. Bye. Click. Right. That could have been it, but that's not what happened. And so the next they go to Peter Hale, mm-hmm. and Peter Hale has uh, been traveling the world on his Hale money, mm-hmm. uh, buying fancy cars. He bought one for Malia, but she didn't want it. Uh, buying fancy cars and traveling and living in a penthouse apartment, and, and he thinks that he's kind of safe from this, that he, right. he can just keep running and never have to deal with a hunter. Uh, but then they blow up. We one won't of his fancy point cars. out, of course, that nobody else actually did that. We saved you from the wild hunt, you arrogant schmuck. Oh, well, but Peter, nobody points this out to him. Um, if if well, as like I said, like you, if you were going to point to one guy who was like the series villain of Teen right. Wolf, it would be Gerard. But if you were going to point to a second guy. <laughs> <laughs> it would be Peter Hale. Because, like, nine times out of ten, if something really bad is happening and you, like, look, look like, don't have to squint too hard to see how Peter kind of made right. it happen. 
Okay. So, but he's he's actually become more of a of like a rogue, right? In the last couple of seasons, like he shows up and quips, and he was sounding really strange tonight. Very like I'm putting on a British accent. Strange. Maybe he just got back from like Europe or something. Yeah, he uh, he basically says, "I'm not helping you. You guys are on your own." Blah blah blah. Scotty, you're not a killer. Maybe you should find one. And I kept and I looked over at Dustin. And I was like. Isn't that what this conversation is? Isn't that what this is? Isn't that right. the whole point? And so, Malia goes, give me a minute. And she walks inside. And they do the, okay, I did not know this because this has not happened while I've been watching the okay. show. Which is the whole uh, Jack into oh, the right. other werewolf yes. weirdness, which doesn't, Biology doesn't work like that, guys. I just want to point that well, out. Well, werewolves, werewolves in this show are more akin. Like they have powers that are not not normal mythological <laughs> werewolf powers. Like, I know <laughs> the ability to take away pain is right, a werewolf yeah. power. And then they do this whole thing where they, they, you know, they haven't even mentioned. They gloss over the fact that it was the full moon last week. When when Liam was Liam and Theo were running through the uh, through the zoo having spectacular sexual chemistry with each mm, other, sure. And Theo says to Liam, "It's the full moon," like as a throwaway line. No, right, neither yeah. of them turned into full werewolves. Nothing happened. Like they don't even talk about full moons anymore. No, it's. So anyway, they, they she does the bonding thing where the magic memory emotional transference who's or what's that happens, yeah. and he sees that she loves Scotty. Uh, also, she he sees the Arby's monster and he like freaks out. He's like, "You can't fight that!" But then he also like later comes back and says, "Don't fall in love with a dead man." And she says, "It's too late." Oh my god! Dustin cried. I threw myself out the window. Fell forty <laughs> stories to the ground. It's a first floor house. Yeah. It's, he didn't actually. He didn't even open the window. He was. He didn't even sit there and go. I'm gonna realize that you didn't do that. I played with my daughter's weird puzzle. And I said, "Are you gonna? Are you not watching this screen? Oh, that's mm. why you just don't want to see all the kissing. Right. Oh, the smoochies. <laughs> the smoochers is, is so anyway. Ugh. Um. Let's see. Oh, we missed the whole part. Like, like Sheriff Stalinsky pulls the guidance counselor of doom in to try and like show her the error of her ways. Mm-hmm. And that was actually really a good scene, except for it kind of totally backfired. Right. And I'm a little curious about, well, okay. There's people behave the way they're, they're behaving in the show because the script is telling them to behave that way. Right. And so after an episode where we had the siege of the police station by Gerard's men. Now mm-hmm. we have people inside the station who are on their side. And, and it's just one of those things where, you know, Stalinsky gives her the, the... Tons of backstory on Gerard. And the legitimate arguments. And looks at her and says, what makes you think he's not going to try and kill you? And you looked over at me and went, this woman is stupid. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, she turns around and it's like, give, and she says to him, give me your gun and your badge. And he's like, um, that's not how things work. Right. 
<laughs> and one of his de- one of the, I guess one of his former deputies looks over and it's like and he goes, I will hurt you. Yeah. I will hurt you in ways you have never been hurt. And so he walks out and then he disappears from the episode. Yeah. Because again, nobody picks up a phone or a text sends a text or an email to anybody else in this show. I don't know why how the episode ends. I can't even remember. Oh, we talked about it already. Yeah, so uh, it, it ends basically with, with our Werewolves of London bantering. Just, I mean... Oh, well, oh. So finally Scott and Malia decide to go. And I thought they were talking about who else can we call to help? Who else can we call to help? And I thought that they were going to call Jackson and Ethan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's how they were going to get back into town. But apparently there's this... this with these very feral werewolves and and they live out in the woods and like a you know ter- so are these new is this, is this like a new kind of I can't remember I because don't think, it seemed I, like it just the way it played out it seemed like a oh hey you remember those feral werewolves in the yeah. woods oh yeah I remember them it felt like the We've never heard of these characters before, have I, we? I don't know. <clears throat> anyway, so they go out to find them, and of course they've all been filled with spiders. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's that's how we find out that kid is the, the Arby's monster, because Ethan, or not Ethan, uh, Liam and Theo uh, torture that one kid. The tall, terrible high school student right. with the dark hair. And this kid... Interestingly enough, for everybody else who has just bought into this, the two terrible teenagers suddenly have gotten changes of heart. Kind of. And they're both, you know, they don't want to die, they don't want to be part of this. This guy wants to be a part of it a lot less because he's had his base, basically had his face smashed into a mirror. And there's a lot of blood. I mean, head wounds bleed. But... uh, He's like, no, you don't understand, we're trying not to, we don't want to be evil, and and they're like, okay, yeah, whatever. And he's like, don't you know about the other bodies? And they're like, what other bodies? So in the school, in the school, in a freezer, in, in the, the freezer, in okay, <laughs> folks, if there is a giant freezer in the school, check it regularly because it's probably got bodies in it. Yeah. You're not supposed to have those there. So. And they're like, oh, great, you've got dead bodies. Nice job, kid. And he's like, we didn't kill them. Yeah. Look at their eyes. And up until that point, nobody mentions the fact they have no eyes. Right. It's just, I mean, (laughs) okay, do not stare directly at the plot or the dialogue or anything. Blonde, horrible kid shows up. Mm -hmm. And brunette kid goes, I told him that, no, I shut up the house, but I told him it was you. Why did you do that? Because they would have killed you otherwise, which... Okay, um, mm-hmm. sure, why not? So, I don't know, it's just... <laughs> the werewolves, the werewolves of London part were fine. There's a lot of things going on <laughs> right now. But we're right on track, because we know who our threat is. We know who the Arby's monster is. And so, now, with three episodes left, we need to find out who our secondary monster is. And, and like we've said, with, what is it, uh... uh um, it's got to be somebody that's already been introduced. So it's... well, we've got Gerard, and he's one. Of, he's a monster, and then you've got the the, the, the guidance counselor, the guidance counselor, and you've got it can't. I mean, you've got the well. Okay, you've got the you've got the 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 black student who is the spider kid. 
Mm-hmm. We know Who he's is, Arby's monster. He's the he's the other half of the Arby's right, monster. Right, he's one half of the Arby's monster. So there's another kid out there, somebody else out there. Well, but there's the Arby monster part. in the woods that they found. Who's that? Because apparently it's, it was one of those werewolves out in the woods. So unless they've already met him in a previous episode, it could just be one of these random people that, as far as, you know, since, since you don't remember these guys being introduced before, they could have just... No, it's got to, in my, I think it's going to be, it's got to be one of five people. Okay. Uh, it's got to be Guidance Counselor of Doom, Gerard, one of the two terrible Nazi youths, or Theo. And I will tell you why I think it's one of, the, it's, it's not going to be Gerard. Because Gerard is a human monster. Right, yeah. And his, his humanity is the fact that he is a human monster on a show where the supernatural creatures are the hero. So it makes him such a compelling villain. He's just a mo- he's a monster, but he's got his quote-unquote pure humanity. Sure, okay. So it's not going to be Gerard. Um, it, would be, it would be interesting if it were... Um, the Guidance Counselor of Doom, or one of the Nazi youth, one of those three, because they've bought into this ideology. And of course, of course, they are not going to think to test themselves for werewolfness. Sure, Because right, they course. think they're hunters. Mm-hmm, right. And we know for a fact that the Guidance Counselor of Doom was attacked and survived a werewolf encounter. Right. Whether or not she was scratched or bitten is another thing, but we know that she was in that encounter. Uh, Theo was sent to hell at the end of the season where he was the main teenage bad guy, Mm -hmm. spent a season in hell being tortured, and then was revived to to help fight the Wild Hunt. And they said that it was something that came out of the Wild Hunt. True, true. So I think there's a, a... good chance that it might be Theo just for that reason. Okay, okay. But, and that would be that. very interesting if all of a sudden this guy that has been, and he's been really kind of working hard, and even Liam said tonight, like, you've been working really hard like to get back into our good graces. You really think that Scott's going to forgive you for all the horrible things that you did? And it would be really interesting if it wasn't that he was trying to get back in the good graces. He was just trying to keep, you know, keep his enemies close. But who knows? Who knows what it's going to be? Who knows? Things things happen. <laughs> Life goes on. I would be I would be very very unlike this show mm-hmm. to just be like, oh, it was it was random kid number two who was in an episode and had one line three weeks ago. <laughs> it would be very unlike this show. It's got to be somebody that we have been following semi regularly. Okay. Well, I just I'm. We'll, we'll have to see. I'm not sure that's what they're going to do. So, three more episodes. Wow. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to wrap up. And a lot more to squeeze in cameos from previous people. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, there's tons of people. So, that's it. Three more episodes of Teen Wolf. Next week, we'll be back with Fear of the Walking Dead as well. Do you remember Do you remember that Brian and I were going to do... We tried, I tried, we tried to write that, that uh, Nazi zombies versus... Werewolves yeah, uh-huh. thing. It's gonna be like a really terrible, like, like tongue-in-cheek B movie. Yeah, thing. you should you should try to do that again. I've got the script, the the like <laughs> the like fifteen pages of the script that I wrote, and then he like somewhere sits somewhere. 
something that should be picked up again. Anyway, thank you for listening, folks. We'll be back next week with more Zompocalypse Now. Possibly just the two of us. Possibly, Possibly with more of our people. Yeah. And how how the Tim Tim Harvey Tim Harvey show? Uh, the first episode was basically me saying this is what I kind of want to do with this. This is why there's even a show with just me. And I think this week uh, we record this on Sundays, uh, and then we it goes out on Tuesdays. Uh-huh. Uh, record the Tim Harvey show on Thursdays. It goes out on Saturdays. First episode is up now on iTunes, if you subscribe to H2O, you'll find it in the same spot. Um, and I think this week I'm probably going to talk about a couple different TV shows and possibly have some things to, and some opinions about the new news. Things and opinions. Things and opinions about the new, I, the idea that they're trying to get uh, Leonardo DiCaprio to play the Joker in the new, in the new uh, book. I have, I have an opinion. Oh. I have, I have thoughts. <laughs> I, I may I may talk about that, but I'm gonna just I'm gonna just curl up in a corner and drink. <laughs> that maybe would be my entire show. <laughs> See, they're going. All right, folks. I have myself a bottle of twelve-year-old scotch, and <laughs> you get to listen to me drink it. This is gonna be fun. So <laughs> that that'll be a good show. I do want to do a, a live script reading on the show. I think that would be kind of cool, especially because if you. We, we broadcast it on our Twitch channel, which means it is live for the folks who watch it on Twitch. So you can actually interact and send messages and things like that. So, thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back next week with more Zompocalypse Now. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. This has been a presentation of HorrorForMe.com. Copyright 2017 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Horror For Me Radio. <laughs>